It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's just twins. <laughs> and we're coming at you live for episode two of week 13. Week part 13. Duh. Play. Actually, part three, technically, this week. Yeah. It's play in week, guys. You play to win the game. You Hello. You win this week. Hello. Guys, I'm in four play in weeks. I'm going to have a heart attack this weekend. Hello. I'm going to have At a least you don't need to win by 22. I'm bugging out, man. Just because of how unfortunate the last two weeks have gone with other teams. We don't want to hear your sob stories, man. Just the matchups Nobody are not working my favor. Your sob story. Get out of here with that. Timmy's Timmy's upset at, well getting mad at me about it because he hey, he's the one who's being he's getting the good fortune. I'd be I'd be in the playoffs right now and he'd be in outside looking in if he didn't win by putting up ninety two points. And I if I didn't lose by putting up one forty. That's how the cookie crumbles, my dog. <laughs> I actually saw this this um Someone we like a lot, Scott Fish. We played in the Scott Fish Bowl this year. Um, so somebody I like a lot, his name, uh, obviously, in the fantasy world, he said that they he believes that the sixth-place playoff spot should go to the team that scores the most points um, if that team is not in the playoffs. I think that's ridiculous. I said that to you, like, two weeks ago. I think it's the stupidest thing And you said no. I think it's the dumbest thing we've ever heard. I th- if we're basing it off of most points of the teams not in the playoffs, that's yeah, really that's what dumb. it is. No, no, no. Like, why would you it. should you get an award for being having the fourth most points? Right. I'm I'm cool with leagues that give like most points a playoff spot. Nah, because then you take away the sixth place guy who got actual wins, who actually earned wins. Earned wins. Yo, you play your schedule, dude. You can't control that. Just like real life. Exactly. It takes away some luck. I mean, by the, awarding the the most Jets points. have had to play the Patriots twice a year. Uh, is anyone crying for the Jets? No, shut your mouth and play Nobody your games. Nobody cries. Open up your ears and listen to us talk about football. The Brutal Fantasy Football Podcast begins. I'm sorry for being mean. Now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. So demanding. I am so demanding. I'm sorry. It's, it's, I think it's because you know. I'm, I'm sorry for as you guys 2004. know. Oh my god! Enough with this. <laughs> Today, what song did you pull out of your ass? Started. Ruby started, bro. Nah, the other one. Yeah, we are, we are the youth of the nation by Pod. That song legit was like a like a top fifty hit for two weeks in 1992. Man, that 1998. Song was okay. <laughs> Where do you come up with it? Where do you get it from? My brain. Where does your brain have all this room? My brain got all this knowledge. Makes me angry. In my brain closet. Stupid brain room. My brain got all this Um, knowledge. Speaking of brain room, if you have brain room from betting, check out Thrive Fantasy, the Thrive Fantasy app, um, and put in the promo code BRODO when you sign up. When you do that, when you deposit your first $10 or more, you get $10 for free to play. It's awesome. Check it out. Also, we have our own stat called... um, True throw value. TTV. True target value. This helps you make a solid decision on whether or not to start somebody this week. This is your most important week. So, please check out those BrotoFantasy.com. Also, at BrotoFantasy on Twitter, at BrotoFantasy on Instagram for everything. We answer questions every Sunday. Uh, We have something very special for the Instagram listeners um, that we are going to announce next week. We might be doing live streams, and I might have just given it away. 
Oh, Timmy giving things away early. Sunday Who morning knew? live streams might be the surprise. So follow at Brodo Fantasy on Instagram if you want to listen to our surprise Friday morning, I mean Sunday morning live streams surprise. before the games. They have no idea what's coming. None. They're going to be so shocked next week. What's going to happen next week? We're going to announce it? He's obviously joking, Tim. <laughs> Done. I'm done with this podcast. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's talk football, man. Jason, you, listen, if you don't want to be a special guest no more, you, you don't have to be I'm a special guest. I'm still upset the Packers and Browns didn't play this Packers week. Brown. So Packers, Packers Brown. Packers Brown could make a Well, Packers G-Men are at it today, uh, at, I mean, on Sunday, 1 o'clock Eastern time. Booyah. Packers at Giants is the game. Let's start on the Giants side because uh, it's going to be less to talk about on the Giants side, I feel like. Daniel Jones is... Locker. Big, not nah, his big secret last week. And I was telling everyone this because the Giants, everyone was on the Giants, these betters. Everyone was on the Giants. So like, oh, yeah, you know, the Daniel Jones didn't turn the ball over that much. Go look at his fumbles. The dude has fumbled 11 times. I called Marlon Mack drawing a fumble last week. I called that. I'm like, there's no way Marlon drawing Mack doesn't get a dude. fumble. Khalil yeah, he, he Mack. A, Khalil Mack. That's what I said. You said Marlon. Oh. Khalil Mack drawing a fumble, like making a fumble happen. I, I'm sorry, I called that. Drawing a fumble? Yeah, it's, it's is that a term? Like, am I blanking? Like Strange a, vernacular you're using. Guy. Is it like you drew a fumble? Drew a fumble? Like caused a fumble? Caused a fumble? Created a fumble? Drew is kind of like created. It's an antonym. I mean, a synonym. I mean, you draw a painting. This guy's dropping a, knowledge. You draw. Antonym. Not you don't draw a painting. Even a painting you don't draw. You brush a painting with a paintbrush. You draw an artistic piece Brushing, with pencils. Brushery. You also like draw something from something. Like you draw liquid from the from the earth. You yeah, draw you it. don't draw a fumble from Daniel Jones. Why not? You cause a fumble. I don't know. I think you draw it. I don't know. We gotta go back to the drawing board on that one. Boom, boom. But Daniel Jones has been turning the ball over like crazy. With that being said, though, he hasn't been playing bad. Um, the Giants are at home against the Packers, which is also better than playing at Lambeau. So how do you how do you feel about Daniel Jones and the guys Daniel Jones is throwing to, most notably Golden Tate, in this matchup? Well, in terms of Daniel Jones, I just want to say, nah, 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 nah. I'm not starting Daniel Jones this week. I mean, he's only been great in great matchups. And he's been bad in bad matchups. It's been pretty easy to tell when you should start and sit uh, Daniel Jones this season. And Green Bay's not an atrocious matchup, but it's also not an easy matchup. So... I don't know. I'm just not super excited about Daniel Jones this week. You you have to be pretty desperate in a week with no buys to start Daniel Jones, in my opinion. In a 2QB league, sure. In a 1QB league, I'm not touching him. I'm also uh, super um, hesitant to use Tate and Shepard. They both have just... Darius Slayton just has come in and stolen like downfield work. Tate and Shepard have just been getting passes near the line of scrimmage for like weeks now. I just the, the upside of all these guys is pretty worrisome to me. Uh, I'm just I don't see myself really buying into any of the uh, pass catchers in New York this week. Jason, uh, I agree. It's not the best matchup, and it's kind of like a guessing game at this point. Darius Slayton surprisingly maintained uh, a large role with Tate and Shepard back. I guess he's the main guy on the outside, and you could start him, but he's been touchdown dependent even in the games where. Uh, he's put up some numbers. Four and sixty-seven against the Bears is pretty good for the rookie wide receiver. But Daniel Jones is not the best quarterback. His true value, his true throw value, where's he at? 
Where are you at, Mr. Near Jones? the bottom, for sure. It's near the bottom. And I think three people is a little bit too much, especially with the tight end, even with Evan Ingram out. Uh, I, I forget Kaden the name Smith. of their... Yeah, Caden Smith even caught a touchdown last week. So the tight end's involved no matter what, even when Evan Ingram's out. It's a lot of spread-the-ball offense here right now. When you have a quarterback like Daniel Jones, it's tough to trust that. Um, What about the return of Evan Ingram? Um, Evan Ingram uh, has been up and down um, pretty good. Is he returning? It's the tight end landscape. He's he's on the road, on the path to returning. Um, did not practice today, but... Yeah, so that's why I figured he's not going to play if he didn't practice today. Hmm. Where are you getting the on the path to returning? His, he was upgraded to questionable as of yesterday, but did not practice today. So you're right. Yeah. That, I was not updated on that information. I, my apologies. I should have been. Idiots. Um, Evan Ingram probably not going to play this week. So yeah. that's even worse. Rhett Ellison also, uh, concussion protocol is still out. Yeah. So that leaves this the third string tight end who caught a touchdown last week. Good so, for him. I mean, we're not going to start Good for Caden Smith, but you're not starting him. Right. <laughs> um all right, so let's go to the other side then. Well, oh no, no first we got to talk about Saquon Barkley. You know, it's so easy to not talk about Saquon Barkley because you assume he's going to do good. But then you look at his numbers, you look a little closer, and the dude's been a mess, and he's been killing teams. And last week, one of the reasons why my team, uh, yeah, I won, but I put up 90, 92 points is because Saquon Barkley got me seven points, following up 5.6, following up 12.5. Now, he had two good games after he came back from his – Injury, but has not looked like the same back since. Um, has not been good on the ground in the last few weeks. But now he plays a Green Bay defense that has been scorched on the ground over and over and over again. Giving up the fourth most points in fantasy overall this season to the running back. So are you optimistic if you're a Saquon Barkley owner? Also giving up five yards per carry. They're just getting torched on the ground. So you have to be happy about the matchup. It's, um, it's better than playing someone who's good. <laughs> it's better than playing the Jets, for example. Where right. You're 13 for one. Right. Ugh. Exactly. So, honestly, he has to improve, right? Like, he's been so bad that there has to be room for upside. And in a game where they should rely on the ground and their home against Aaron Rodgers, it'd be smart to run the ball on a team giving up five yards per carry. You expect Barkley to do a lot with that. Uh, I think he's fallen back to the back end. Running back one territory, definitely not the fire, the the uh, not the fire. What was I gonna say? I don't know the guy he was last year, um, but this is a good match. Fireworks, sure, fireworks. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, fireworks. I mean, Green Bay's averaging allowing over five yards per carry this season. Uh, they've been most beatable on the ground. So Saquon Barkley, you have to start him this year. You you just really gotta hope for that breakout game to finally happen. On the other side, this week, by the way, on the other side. The Packers, look, nothing cures ailing receivers like playing the Giants. We've seen it over and over again. And I think Devontae Adams is in for a big week as, as well as Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, of course, the team that I'm playing against that I need to beat by 22 points has Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. So, great for me. But honestly... Stop with your bitching, all right? <laughs> I'm going to play you the world's smallest violin. La, 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 la. Honestly, though, Aaron Rodgers... He has two games this season where you've been, like, super happy about... Excuse me, three where you've been super happy about starting him. And the rest have been bad, basically. Oh, really? So, yeah. Even when you put up the 44 points and then 27 against KC and people got hyped again. We got hyped again for him. 13-10 by week nine. 
it's now it's a get right game against the Giants. I expect him to have a great game again, as do I expect uh, Devont as I do expect Devontae Adams to have a great game as well. But I'm just saying, don't be super shocked if this turns into a early lead, run the ball type offense as Matt Lafleur has done in the past. So the the ceiling might not be super high. I was telling Michael because he's playing Rodgers and Adams this week. I think this game has Aaron Jones three touchdowns written all over it. Interesting. I would love that. I'm not gonna lie. He had four against Dallas, two against KC, three against Carolina. I mean, they're playing the Giants. Their offense isn't great. The Giants' offense isn't great. Their defense isn't great. They're probably gonna come out to a lead. Aaron Rodgers has been slightly above average. And Aaron Jones has been running in touchdowns like there's no tomorrow. And he's been up and down, up and down. I think this game has Aaron Jones week written all over it. I wouldn't be shocked. But I think it's going to be just a Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones week. Because Devontae Adams is going up against Janoris Jenkins. And Janoris Jenkins has not been good this season. Uh, Devontae Adams finally scored a touchdown last week. Uh, saw 12 targets. So now his last four games he's played. Devontae Adams has seen 15, 11, 10, and 12 targets. Uh, so that's something you want, especially from Aaron Rodgers. So fire up Adams, fire up Aaron Jones. I mean, sorry, fire up Jones, fire up Adams. Aaron Rodgers, I'm still not Even against the Giants, completely man. sold on. You're going to start him, but I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I have him at sixth. But I wouldn't be surprised if this is a week where it's Aaron Jones' show. Interesting. This is also a great week if you're ballsy enough to trust a secondary receiver. I was going to say, who do you who do you pick if you got going some? against Ballantyne and such? It'd be Geronimo Allison, in my opinion. Hmm. But he has been getting the work. I think Alan Lazard is a little bit over him, in my opinion. But I mean, they've all been terrible. So yeah, they have. I wouldn't want to trust them. Any of them. Remember when I said in the summer? What if the answer is none of them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. Love that line. Um, any anybody else from this game that y- y'all want to hit? No, that's about it. Jimmy Graham, dude. All right, let's go to oh, yeah, Jimmy Graham is obviously doo-doo. in a good position here against the Giants, though. So, so what do you think? Could possibly do worse. Is all I'm saying. I don't want to trust him just because he's he's been on the decline as the year has gone on. His old age is, is seeming to get to him. Say with Jason Witten, but in two tight end leagues, he's a better option. Two tight end leagues. Who plays in a two tight end league? Some people do. Wild talk. Um, Wild talk. The Buccaneers and the Jaguars play in a Floridian matchup. Um, let's go to the Jaguar side because this offense has been completely stagnant since Nick Foles came over. I think someone may have mentioned that. I don't know who it was. Maybe it was me. Um, I need some mania. Yeah, they need some Minshew back because he brought life to that team. He extended the plays. That's not a good offensive line. And he extended the plays. And Nick Foles does not do that. He's a statue. With and he that have the being said, arm. do you know how many times Nick Foles has passed the last two weeks? It's Tampa Bay. 47 and 48. Yeah. It's too many times. Yeah. Well, Tampa Bay. Leonard Fernandez also has 24 touchdowns. So they're running 60 offensive plays and not getting anything out of it. They're also playing against Tampa Bay this week. One of the best run defenses in the league as well. And terrible, terrible, terrible against the pass. So. It's lining up well for Nick Foles. If he doesn't do well this week, then forget about it. Winston basically throws 50 passes a game. 
Nick Foles has been throwing 48 a game. This has fantasy value written all over it. So tell me who your favorite fantasy guys is in the Jaguars passing offense. Because we know that Leonard Fernandez must play in this game even against a good running game. He's going to get the volume. Yeah, he's gonna he gets see 20-plus touches a game. Right. You have to play So him. Leonard Fournette, you're playing him. You're playing him with confidence. So who else on this team? Well, I don't know about how much confidence. but Well, you're playing, playing him with him. confidence enough to like not shit your, the bed, like to at least get you 14 points or whatever. Like that's He's going to do that. So with that being said, who else can you play in this matchup then? If you think I mean, DJ Chark is an obvious name here. Uh, a little strange. I only saw six targets with uh, Foles throwing 100 billion Z times. I mean, he saw 13 the, w- the week before, some crazy number like that. Yeah, 15. 15. And then before that, 9 and 12. So uh, I think that was just an anomaly. Um, he should still be the number one receiver. And with how much we expect Foles to throw it, we sh- we're likely going to see another 10 or more target game from Chark and. He's made a lot from a little this season, even though he's been less reliable as of late. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like T.D. Westbrook as a wide receiver three as well. There's massive upside against Tampa Bay. Man. Even Chris Conley as a flex option isn't terrible. He's seen at least seven targets in each of the last five games, actually. So that's a lot of targets. So all three of those guys at least has some appeal against Tampa Bay because that's how bad their run defense is. I'm not going to lie. I was considering Conley. I mean, excuse me, their week. pass defense. I ended up going with Auden Tate. Over him. Oh, Tate's the answer. Yeah, but I was considering Conley. Let's go over to the Buccaneer side. Chris Godwin has been a god that has helped you win the past couple weeks. Nailed it. It's a, it seems like Chris Godwin and Mike Evans can both go for big games, but neither of them go for big games at the same time. Um, Correct. Most. So is this uh, Evans week or Godwin week? Because it's going to be one of them. I'm betting on an Evan week, Evans week just because... It hasn't been an Evans week, really. He's put up 10, 9, and 7 and half PPR, only four receptions apiece. Uh, prior to that, he had 12, 11, and 9 receptions. And uh, Jacksonville's not a super daunting matchup. I mean, they're solid defense, but nothing super spectacular. So I'm just betting on the Mike Evans week just because when he has this stretch of games that aren't stupendous, he usually ends up having a great game shortly thereafter. And I think it happens this week against Jacksonville. But, I mean, I also expect – I have them at 4-5 and five this week overall. So, it's not like they – all because they both don't go crazy the same week doesn't mean they're both at least not relevant the same week. Yeah. Her, uh, Mike Evans is also expected to go up against Trey Herndon, who has a 49-player grade on PFF. He's a average corner at best, and Mike Evans does good work against people who are average at best. Boom. <laughs> um, look, this usually against Jacksonville, you want the running back. The only problem is you don't really know who the running back is. Last week it was it was Jones, but with that being said, Peyton Barber can still can still get a touchdown because for some reason they love Peyton Barber. And Agamawale gets pass casting work. But if you're gonna rely on any of the running backs, Ronald Jones seems to be the answer. Ronald I like Jones. I'm starting Ronald Jones over guys like James White this week over a guy like Miles Sanders in one of my leagues. So that that shows you what I think about Ronald Jones. If I had if I had something better, I'd go with something better. What about let's 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 look at Jones like this. Would you start Ronald Jones or Benny Snell? I actually have them back to back in my rankings. Benny Snell slightly ahead. I just don't want to have to trust the Tampa Bay running Jones. situation. Would you start Ronald Jones or are you starting Jordan Howard if he plays? Howard. Howard. Starting Ronald Jones or are you starting Miles Sanders if Howard plays? Rojo. Rojo. What about James White? 
Rojo. Rojo. Hmm. He's asking us for his league, man. This is what Timmy. No, does. no, no. I mean, it just happens to be some of the like some of the the people. What about Hamir Geis? Hamir Geis. Him Rojo. or Geis? <laughs> it's like who's Hamir? Uh, Rojo. Yeah. So you know, nah. And Jameis Winston just continues to be a fantasy asset in yeah, the Bruce Arians okay. offense, throwing the ball nonstop. So, yeah, you could roll him out there too. He just uh, Jacksonville just let uh, Tannehill have the number two, I think, fantasy game of the week of QBs against them behind Lamar Jackson. So, and Jameis Winston is been ridiculously consistent since his terrible first two games to start the season so fire him up all right let's move on to our next matchup uh as soon as my phone loads uh the rams at the cardinals is the next matchup uh the twins are super the 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 twins are super uh annoying with what i with what i um Jason just sent me a gif. It's yeah. completely taken my I, I really wanted to do that. I it, made it for the time where it was going to be Tim talking, and I sent him It's so funny because he goes on airdrop, so it just popped open on his uh, phone. Is it? You, you know, you did it. You did pretty well. I'm not I tried, lie. man. Yeah. But it, it goes, she when she tells you to go deeper, and it's a Pikachu, and then there's like, there's no PP left for this move. <laughs> uh, it's funny. It's children, funny. children. Something that children, Jason experiences children. every day. Oh, snap. Little dick jokes. Um. Speaking of little dick jokes, the Rams had really little dicks against the Ravens. They're looking for some revenge against their division rivals. The Cardinals at home are the Cardinals, also on the road for the Rams. Um, let's start with the Rams because the Cardinals have been a very good matchup for wide receivers. So with that being said, are you trusting all of a sudden a guy in Cooper Cup who went from a stud to a dud really, really quick and the guys around him, Robert Woods, who had a decent game last week, and Brandon Cooks in his first game back. Do you know how many touchdowns? Jared Goff has thrown in his last 19 games. Way less than 19. 11 or 12? Or 18. Shit. That's crazy. Not good. Was I'm telling you guys, like, Jared Goff, whatever, you could think he is whatever. I've been saying he sucks for years now. And you got him. Who would you rather have right now? Mitch Trubisky on his rookie contract or Jared Goff with 100 million guaranteed? Yeah, but that's a bullshit reason. It's not a bullshit reasoning. This yeah, shit happens. The answer is I think that you can wait for the contract hand and get rid of them. Right. I think LA's in a worse spot than the Bears are right now in terms of quarterback play. All right, but they were in a position where they had to pay him. They just made the Super Bowl, and it's either Jared Goff or Bust. I don't know if you had to pay him at that point. They had to at they that point. They had to pay him. I don't know if they had to pay him that much money. It's a I lot mean, of money. 100, gar- 100, 000, 100 million guaranteed? They did just make it to the Super Bowl. They were on a high. I don't know. It's a bad Either a bad way, against Arizona, he's a streaming option, man. Yeah, as I bad agree. as he's been. As bad as he's been, he's he, the the Cardinals have been the worst defense against quarterbacks. Yeah, they run a bunch of plays, so the opposing team also gets to run a bunch of plays. Michael mentioned that. Yeah, I like Jared Goff as a streaming option, albeit it's risky with the way he's been going, of course, but not a terrible idea. I have Cooper Cups right back in there as a low-end wide receiver one. I was all ready to put... Cooper Cup in like low end wide receiver two area in my rankings, and then I saw they were playing Arizona this week, and I was like, "How could you not start Cooper Cup confidently against Arizona?" Robert Woods I like as a low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three, and Brandon Cooks is the real wild card here because he's back from injury. He's been just abysmal for most of the season, outside of a 
three-game stretch for, from weeks two to four. Like, literally unusable besides those three weeks. But Arizona's a great matchup, so he's more of a flex option for me, but he is he can be usable. And Gerald Everett, of course, against Arizona, that's the worst team in the league. But you got to be really ballsy to trust Der- Gerald Everett this week because it is back-to-back weeks where he was... Two weeks ago, you didn't know what was going to happen. You thought he was healthy, only played 14 snaps. And then last week, he injures his... Uh, he hyper he hyperextends his knee and only plays 17 snaps. I don't even in this ridiculously great matchup. I don't know how you could trust a guy who you can't even be certain he's going to play more than 20 snaps. I mean, it's a good point, Jason. How do you feel about it? Uh, someone who Michael didn't talk too much about, Robert Woods. Um, he's just been a target monster right now, and we saw last week in garbage time, Robert Woods was the go-to, and it was kind of funny seeing him like. Like, he'd make a catch and then taunt the other team. It's like, come on, man. What are you doing? You're down 45-6. Uh, I mean, some people just get their feelings hurt. But he went 6 for 97 after going 7 for 97. 20 targets over the last two games. He's playing Arizona. They're going to pass a lot. Robert Woods is back in uh, starting territory. I have him as back in. I have him at 24. So, solid wide receiver at 3. Yeah, I have him at 25. Um, let's go over to the card. Uh, actually, let's talk about Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley's been seeing more action, has been fantasy viable. How do you feel against with him against the Cardinals defense that's been susceptible? I mean, he should be quite fresh because he did not have to play last week yeah. against the Ravens. So six rushes for 22 yards, three receptions for negative three yards. Yuck. I miss Todd Gurley of last year. Yeah, right. I don't know what. Like, I don't know how, like, he could, this just happened. The fall from grace is like the. Real. The arthritis in his knee or something or whatever happened. But this dude went from ridiculously great to super mediocre overnight. And it's him and such. Johnson. That's why you don't pay running backs. Yeah. True that. Um But I mean, with David that being Johnson said, we didn't even injury. talk about his prospects this week. Mm. Against Arizona, it's a tremendous matchup. So you gotta trust him. You can't trust him as a tight end one, of course, but you could trust him as a high end RB two in my opinion. He should get a, a lot of work. You're on the same page, Jay? Yeah, I have him at uh, 17. He's been solid recently. He was getting more work. He just got 25 carries against Chicago. Yeah, I'm ex- I, I like Gurley a lot this week. Um, I th- I was hoping that, that would carry over. Obviously, he didn't last week. It had a lot to do with game script. Uh, I like him this week. Arizona has not been too good against the run. They're 23rd against running backs, I believe. So, soft matchup here. Last time he played Arizona... He didn't play him yet this year. So Try, scratch that. Trying to figure out the Cardinals' backfield is like trying to figure out a fucking Rubik's Cube sometimes. Um, the people who are in the know got to figure it out. I can do it with my eyes closed. The people in the know have figured it out, but we don't know shit out here. Um, Chase Edmonds looks like he's coming back. If Chase Edmonds on your waiver wire, pick him up. Because there's a chance that he becomes the main back again. Right? It's an off chance, but there's a chance. I mean, Don't say there's not a chance. Don't say it. Don't say it. I just don't. Think your claim of go pick up Chase Edmonds now is really a smart claim. I I depends do. on your roster. Like I'm not going to get Chase Edmonds. Like I'd rather stash someone like Daryl Williams. Why? Why would Chase Edmonds play more than Kenyon Drake? Because he was phenomenal when he played. He was good. So was Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake has had a couple of mediocre games. I mean, Chase Edmonds isn't just going to come there and be the guy now. Why not? Because he's been on the team all happen. year. He's always been. 
He wasn't even the guy while David Johnson was playing. Yes, he was. No, he wasn't. When David, David Johnson, Johnson was hurt. Yeah, but do you remember the the game where David Johnson had a carry and then Chase Edmonds took over? Yes, because he got hurt. If you want to add him, sure. I just don't think there's any way possible that Chase Edmonds just steals the backfield this week. If he goes off, maybe. But I don't know. I think it's Kenyon. It's clearly they traded for Kenyon Drake, and they basically just said, get out of here, David Johnson. This is Kenyon Drake's backfield, so I don't see why that would change. Jason? Yes. Kenyon Drake is the guy at the moment, and it might not help that um, Chase Edmonds is coming back and also that they just had a bye week, so... Who knows? Maybe they'll come out and David Johnson's going to be the guy. But he hasn't looked good. Kenyon Drake's been the lead back for now. Kenyon Drake's the guy to start as a back-end RB2, more of a flex play just because of the uncertainty. Um, what Because it's a good matchup. Speak- Wade Phillips in his old age has given up defending the run. <laughs> uh, well, he's defending the pass, and Christian Kirk has been the guy who's been on the uh, catching end of most of the passes by Kyler Murray. So let's talk about uh, T- Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald. How are you feeling about them two this week? I like me some Kirk, and I know that Jalen Ramsey's the number one receiver over there now, but I don't know if he's going to follow around Christian Kirk. Uh, I also don't know if he's as good as he is on the outside than in the slot, and that's where Christian Kirk runs most of his routes. I just know that Kyler Murray's going to throw a lot. And that Kirk is going to see a lot of passes. And he's going to have a lot of receptions. Uh, basically, more than half his games this season, he has more than eight targets. There's only been two games where he hasn't. Kirk has been a mainstay in that offense. I'm going to keep throwing him out there every week because Murray's been getting better and better. And Kirk always sees a lot of points. And according to PFF, Larry Fitzgerald even has the worst matchup if Jalen Ramsey even does shadow Christian Kirk. Jalen Ramsey has is, is not been like superb this season and Nicole Roby Coleman in the slot has been better, which is where Fitz comes from. So I agree. I like Christian Kirk this week, uh, as a wide receiver two, three option. And, um, Larry Fitzgerald is more of a flex play again. In the first episode, you took Kyler Murray's stats and you said, Hey, let's take a look at what Lamar Jackson can do considering how similar he is to Kyler Murray. Well, Lamar Jackson just completely tore up the Rams. Do you think Kyler Murray can kind of do the flip of that script that you had before and tear up the Rams similar to Lamar Jackson? Yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't be shocked. I don't, I don't think it's going to be Lamar Jackson quite what Lamar Jackson no one. I mean, that was ridiculous. But I'm not really shying away from Kyler Murray. If you've been starting him, you've been very happy about it recently. 23, 28, 27, and two of those games against San Fran is just glorious. So I'm, I'm just end coming off a bye. I'm, I'm rolling him out there again. This game looked a lot closer before last week. Now it's the Raiders at 6-5 and five at the Chiefs. Let's go on the Chiefs side because the Chiefs side is the side that's probably going to put up some more points. Um, Patrick Mahomes against the Raiders has a history of killing them. Um, probably will kill them again today. Travis Kelsey all of a sudden uh, this week all of a sudden leads the league in yards from tight end again. Um, Tyree Kill is going to be back. All is right in Chiefs land. How do you feel about these guys? Well, they didn't, they haven't said if Tyreek Hill is officially back yet. He's looking towards he's coming back. Oh, full practice on Wednesday. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Damn it. Michael, Michael's losing hope because the guy he's playing and he has to beat is uh, starting. Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, man. Jeez. But yeah, Tyreek Hill against Oakland. What That's is that? me. Come on. Just 
awful. That's what you've never done that. It's delicious. You've never been like, oh, dad is great steak. Never done that. No, I've never done that. Thanksgiving tomorrow. Maybe you haven't seen me eat recently. When I eat something good, I don't know. We just went out for a pretty nice meal at a Greek spot. Oh, it was great. Guys, if you have never gone to a Greek restaurant and ordered grilled octopus, do it now. Yeah, right Do now. it tomorrow. I don't care Press that it's pause. Thanksgiving. Press pause. Go to your local Greek restaurant and get grilled, grilled octopus. Yeah. Although, if you don't live in the story, you're not going to get it as Yeah, good. I don't know. Best yeah. Greek food in the world right, right here. Except, yeah. for, except for in Greece. I went to Greece. It's close here. Um, Jason. Yes? Europe. <laughs> but yeah, start Tyreek Hill, obviously, and Europe. Travis Kelsey, and nice. Pat Mahomes. Duh. <laughs> wow, that wasn't even my purpose, was it? No, it was not. Yeah. But Jason, you're up. So, what do you think? How do you feel about these <laughs> Chiefs, Chiefs weapons against the... Against the Raiders defense that's ailing, first of all, and just got torched by Sam Darnold. Yeah, it, I mean, it's classic Chiefs, right? We're going to start Mahomes. We're going to start... Um, Kelsey. Kelsey. We're going to start Tyreek Hill. And then, can't really talk much about the running backs at the moment because we don't know. Yeah, this you got to keep an eye on the rankings. Uh, But but in, in all actuality, it's going to be if... It's a running back you want to start. If Damian Williams starts, he's your guy. If he doesn't, Shady's your guy. If if both... If Shady, who is probably going to play, he just put an Instagram post about how great and healthy he feels. If it's not... If those two don't make it, then it's Daryl Williams. I might even think Daryl Williams is going to perform better than Shady. I don't know, man. If you're, Damian you're is crazy, out. man. You're crazy. Shady's done. Dude, crazy. you're crazy. Shady's crazy. done. Shady's not done. Still crazy. You're crazy. But either way, it's an RB2. That's insane. That you want to start. So, all right, let's go over to the Raiders side then. Um, this is a, a the raid. This is it's a Kansas City defense has been stingy against the pass. Um, not, they don't get as much, much credit as they deserve against Could the I pass them, though, uh, because they get pressure. Frank Clark's been good. Uh, the Honey Badger's been good. So they are not easy to pass on. It's been the running game, and the Raiders are a running game, running team, and they like to control the clock. I said multiple times last week that I loved the Jets matchup against the Raiders because I thought they matched up so well. In this case, I think the matches, the, the Raiders have a better chance to beat the Chiefs than they do the Jets because of how they match up as a team profile, As that may, if that makes any sense. You're an idiot. Why? Ah, you don't think they'll do better than 34-3 to th- this week? Well, now, yeah. Yeah. But it's still a crazy statement. Not, nah, I mean, some teams profile differently against other teams. I mean, we agree. And you can run on this team. So we, if Josh Jacobs has a big game, so will the Raiders, and they'll be close. He went 12 for 99 the first time he played KC, although that was back in week two. But yeah, Josh Jacobs' big games have been against the worst run defenses, right? Like KC, 12 for 99. Uh, Chicago, 26 for 123. Green Bay, 21 for 124. Detroit, 28 for 120. And then Cincy, 23 for 112. And these are all bottom 10 run defenses in the league. So the only way this gets away from Josh Jacobs, if this goes similar to the uh, Jets game where they uh, take an early lead and then they have to resort to the pass because then Jalen Rashard comes in. He did only play 39% of the snaps in week 12 against the Jets because of the early lead. So that is obviously concerning with the way the Chiefs are playing and the way the Raiders looked last week. So there is some potential for Josh Jacobs to bust, but there's also some Sky high potential. Another guy that I'm playing against. Great. <laughs> My opponent has great matches. <laughs> um, what about Tyrell Williams and the passing game? Tyrell Williams has not been good Tyrell since the he stopped scoring touchdowns. Letting me down. He's been dropping balls, yo. Why are you letting me down, man? Don't Honestly. let me down. Yeah. He's been dropping a lot of balls. Yes, and it's just... I mean, he's been a touchdown-dependent option basically all season, but 
the last four All weeks, the last four weeks he hasn't scored, and he's combined for twenty seven fantasy, twenty three fantasy points. So that's that's who he is at this point. And KC is top ten against outside wide receivers this season. So it's it's going to be tough sledding again for Tyrell Williams, I think. So I think he's more of a, a flex option this week than a startable asset in the uh, in wider in in the top thirty six. I don't I don't see that this week. Um. And you, you obviously were not starting Derek Carr. What about Darren Waller in this game? Darren Waller. I mean, if you have Darren Waller, how could you not play him? I mean, he has not been good, but Kansas City hasn't been good against tight ends either. Exactly. It's That's Foster Moreau. It's Foster Moreau. The touchdown vulture coming in. <laughs> but, yeah, Where I mean, Darren Waller, I have him outside my main uh, tight ends at this point. Like, there's also there's always that main set of tight ends that lead the pack and then the rest kind of falter behind. That's where I have Darren Waller this week at number seven behind the main guys like Kelsey Ertz, Kittle, Henry, Cook, and Andrews. But I have guys like Griffin, Olsen, Hollister, Rudolph, guys like that. So obviously you start Darren Waller if you have him, though, unless you have someone like Mark Andrews or Jared Cook or someone like that. It makes too much sense, just too much, that Darren Waller is going to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Go off? Benefit, oh, benefit from Hunter Renfro being injured. That too, right. I, I, I even have notes on that. I, I didn't have my note tab open. It's been uh, it's been tough sledding for Darren Waller. He's lost almost, he's lost over three targets a game since Hunter Renfro returned. And now Hunter Renfro is out. Thank you, Jason, for bringing that up and me not uh, realizing that I have know it. it. So yeah, this is uh, that's also huge for Darren Waller. So Darren Waller owners have to be pretty happy about Hunter Renfro being ruled out this week. Anything else in this game? Uh don't start Derek Carr. Pretty huge. Yeah, can't, can't start Derek Carr. If you're if you're if you're starting Derek Carr then you're probably not playing fantasy anymore. You stop paying attention. Uh the Chargers at the Broncos. Big story Drew Locke might get his first start which would make the third quarterback for the Broncos this year. Um I think anything is a Upgrade over Allen, Brian Allen, right? Brandon. Brandon Allen. Jeez Louise. A lot of, there's a lot of Allens. Get them confused. Had a terrible game last week. Man, if Drew Luck plays, what what are we to make Locke. of this offense? Jeez Louise. Drew Luck. Drew Luck, Tim. I told you I'm going to keep saying Drew Luck over and over again because and Drew Luck. Because you're an idiot. That's just my, why. My words just flow. You don't have to remember 90 names a year, motherfucker. Right? I do. <laughs> Why don't I have to remember names? I don't get it. Because I'm a teacher. teacher. Do you have oh. any just Kuski right, so. Tarts? Because we remember. No, that but name. I have a girl named Dasani. Like the water. Like the water. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting name. Mm. It's interesting. not that bad. Of a sweet name. girl. Such a sweet girl. But named after water. I feel like she has no flavor. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Michael. Brandon Allen or Drew Locke. Either or. We're either talking about a guy coming off his worst career game. Or a rookie making his first career start, and then a Darwin defense. James is back. Derwin James, and then a defense Darwin. who, coming off a bye, is getting their star safety Derwin James back. So I'm actually all over the Chargers defense this week. We don't really discuss defenses and kickers on the show. But you know, I'm putting my kicker rankings out there this week, folks. Take a look because I'm top seven in back-to-back weeks in kicker rankings. Facts. Michael is the best so, defensive kicker ranker of all time. So, yeah, check that out. And I was top 15 in defense rankings last week, too. So I'm all aboard the stream the Chargers defense this week because 
It's either Brandon Allen, one of the worst QBs in the league, or Drew Locke, one of the most unknown rookie QBs in the league. Who thank you for mentioning that for the first time today? Downfield, so could be some interceptions coming for the rook. Some interceptions coming could be. What about Cortland Sutton then? Likely shadowed by Casey Hayward, either getting Brandon Allen again or Drew Locke. It's like he 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 didn't get affected much by the Brandon Allen transition because of how good he's been playing. But then last week against Tredavious Whiteman, eight targets, only one reception for 27 yards. Brandon Allen just couldn't squeeze it into the tight windows. And it's tough to really trust him as more than a low-end wide receiver two or high-end wide receiver three at this point because obviously he can just go out there and have another great game like he did against Minnesota where he went five for 113. But going up against Casey Hayward, who's a very good cornerback, it's... It's going to be a little bit more of a tough sledding this week for Cortland Sutton, I think. Yeah, I agree. Just not good people throwing him the ball. What about the backfield? Philip Lindsay, uh, Royce Freeman. Royce Freeman at this point you can't play, but Philip Lindsay has been decent. Uh, the Chargers are not a good running defense. They're going to rely on their running backs. Do you think they're both playable this week, volume-based? No. Royce Freeman? Come on. I don't yeah, I don't know when this transition happened to basically Philip Lindsay as the star yeah, and like Royce Freeman as the, all the way. clear backup. Yeah. Because they were pretty successful splitting the work earlier in the season, but it's kind of changed to that route and yeah, you cannot start Royce Freeman at this point. Like I said once they s- switched from Joe Flacco, people thought maybe the running game would be helped by it because they're going to need to run more and I was like, "No, changing the quarterback to a worse option never helps any uh, facet of the offense so and it's been like that but Philip Lindsay he just continues to kind of be this mediocre option 10 15 by week nine and seven and half PPR it's like you have to play him as a running back too I'd prefer him as a flex option this week because the Chargers they're bad on the ground that's the way you beat them but it's touchdown or bust, really, for Philip Lindsay at this point because of the offense that he's in. Also, Lindsay hasn't become the the main monster back. Royce Freeman has just lost his work. Yeah. If you look at Lindsay's stats or his work, he's seen the same amount he's seen all year. The last two weeks, he saw 18 and 14 touches. Nothing's really changed there. That's what happens when you have a terrible Royce QB. Freeman just stopped seeing the field. I yeah. think, yeah, that's what happens when Bad you're Bad quarterback, behind. less plays. Right. You're behind. It all adds up. Let's go over to the Chargers side. Phillip Rivers, um, he looks like an old man when he's out there. In his last game, not pretty. He's thrown seven interceptions in his last three games, I believe. Um, has not been good for him. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, in his last two games, right? Four and then three. Yeah. Um, so, ugh, ugh, ugh. But with that being said, Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler should both eat in this game, despite all that. Uh. Yeah. Again, Denver's another team where you kind of have to beat them on the ground. They're more stout through the air. Um, Coming off a bye week, with the way Phillip Rivers is throwing, I would not be surprised if they try to get the run game going a bit more. I have Melvin Gordon ranked as my my RB12 this week. I am a little weary about Melvin Gordon and the fact that Austin Eckler just, again, looked like the clear, better player against KC. Like, even when... And in the pass-catching work, Melvin Gordon dropped two big passes. And then from that point on, it was literally only Austin Eckler. Like, the final drive of the game, Austin Eckler started on the two-minute drill. The 
and he stepped off after like eight plays just to get a breather. Melvin Gordon ran one play, and then there was like a challenge or a timeout that was called, and Austin Eckler was right back on the field again. So it's a little worrisome for Melvin Gordon owners because you can't have dropped passes in a backfield like this when Austin Eckler, one of the best pass-catching running backs in the league, is right behind you or right next to you in this instance because they share that backfield a bit. So I'm I'm excited for both of them this week, though. Uh, Melvin Gordon, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets 20-plus rushes if they're able to establish the run against Denver. So I like them both as uh, high-end and then a mid-RB2 for Austin Eckler because he needs more uh, pass-catching work because he isn't as utilized rushing. Also, they'd be smart to rely on the groundwork because Denver has been uh, decent through the air this year. And Phillip Rivers, in week five, when he went against Denver, threw the ball 48 times, went for 211 yards, no touchdowns, and two picks. And that's in a game, too, where the guy I'm about to talk about, Keenan Allen, shadowed by Chris Harris. Chris Harris' original position is a slot, so he could follow the Keenan Allen wherever he goes. He held Keenan Allen for four receptions for 18 yards. So this was you could right see after Keenan Miami. Allen this was like dudding again. Yeah, this was where the streak was just starting. Right, this was peak Keenan Allen, and he shut him down. Yeah. Yeah. And that could happen again. I mean, if you have Allen, you're probably starting him as a wide receiver, too. I mean, you got to. You know what I can't wait for? When Mike Williams, if he actually finds the end zone this week, because he actually has a decent shot with Chris Harris shadowing Keenan Allen. Last time they played Denver, he saw 13 targets on 6 for 74, so... But, I mean, he's not anything more than a flex option at this point. That's He's been t- basically a, an afterthought all season, and he still hasn't found the end zone. But I just can't wait till if he does find the end zone this week. Oh, my God, the victory laps on Twitter from people who liked Mike Williams going into the season are going to be crazy, as if he's done anything up to this point. Can't wait for that. Mike Williams is um, is an interesting deal because last year he was more of like a goal line guy, and now he's more like a stretch-the-field guy. And I was talking to my boy Kevin, who's one of the better fantasy players that I know, and he was like, the way they use Mike Williams is so odd because he goes from a big, like, use-your-body type receiver last year to this year being used in vertical situations, and it just doesn't make much sense. It feels like they're limiting his talent. Um, it may not, not his fault. Uh, yeah, they're kind Tyrell of putting Williams him in the Tyrell Williams role, and that's not what he needs to do to succeed. Guess how many games this year he has over four receptions? Three. Zero. Two. It's not good. Two games this year with over four yeah, receptions. Yeah, you, you need to hit that guy way more often, especially with his size. So it's, it's, it's interesting to see how they use him. One guy they are definitely using correctly, though, is Hunter Henry. He's been a beast. Hunter Henry has at least four catches in every game he's played this season. Uh at least five targets. Most of the time, it's around the eight to ten range. And deservedly so. And deservedly so. Yeah. Uh, so you got to fire him up, especially in tough matchups on the outside with Chris Harris following Keenan Allen around. The Chargers would be smart to lean on Eckler. Now we'll go Hunter Henry. Yeah, I would not be surprised if this turns out into a big Hunter Henry game, man. Because last time, like we said, Keenan Allen was shut down by Chris Harris, and as I just said, Mike Williams saw twelve targets. That was the last game before Hunter Henry returned from injury. So he was not a part of that game. Since then, he's been a huge part of that offense. So I would not be surprised if he ends up having a big game here against Denver. Anyone else you want to talk about in this game? We good. I like their kicker. No offense. <laughs> no offense. No offense. Get a, get a little boost if it's Drew Locke. Lock. Jeez Louise. Tim, no. you're pissing me off, man. 
Noah Fant, I've discussed, uh, also chasing the targets type of guy because he is getting a bigger role in that offense. But against the Chargers is not something I, I, I want to consider. I do like tight ends with rookie quarterbacks. Just putting that out there. Just putting that well, out Andrew there. Well, Andrew Luck isn't a rookie quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to our Sunday night football matchup. Sunday night football on MSG. Oh, my God. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up! No, the, once we got you got one. Once we got a fan one of guy it. who liked it on Twitter. One guy who probably understood it because he watched Friday Night Knicks seven years ago. No, I'm pretty sure he's a New Englander. He is a New Englander. What the fuck? <laughs> he appreciates good music. Well, I appreciate the fact that the red, white, and blue is out in this one. Patriots at the Texans. Very uh, patriotic wow, American matchup. Um. That was not a very good. Let's start. But uh, let's move on. Let's start on the Patriots side because that offense has been anemic um, in the last few weeks. You have Sony Michelle, who's kind of just bumbling, rumbling, stumbling. You have uh, James White, who had negative six receiving yards in a game where Sanu didn't play. Um, that that team has no vertical game whatsoever and a lot of people are blaming this on oh you know they don't have a vertical threat well the Patriots never had a vertical threat newsflash people no one's saying the obvious thing Randy Moss it's Gronk Gronk is missing when you don't have Gronk last year either but he it's not not about but it's not about what Gronk does on the field always it's about who he takes up on the field and when you have to assign a safety to Gronk you can't double team guys over the top and it's just not as easy to hit long throws I think this is a, a Gronk problem. They're missing Gronk. But with that being said, um, you guys have the, the recent status on Sanu available? Because yeah. last time I checked, he's not going to play. When it comes to the Patriots, there's always a couple games a week where it's tough to really discuss because of injuries and things of that sort. When it comes to the Patriots, you're going to have to keep up with the rankings, man, because Sanu and Dorsett are huge. Yeah, and they there's no, there's no reports because, you know, they're the Patriots. There's no reports of whether he played he practiced today or not. Yeah, so obviously Edelman is just locked and loaded. He's Tom Brady's favorite target. He gets the most amount of work on that team by far. So he's locked and loaded every week in half PPR and PPR, even standard, but not so much in standard because he does most of his work just through targets. But, yeah, you you fire up Julian Edelman against Houston, which is a tremendous matchup. And then definitely interested in whoever the number two option is going to be, at least to consider with the way Houston's defense has been. Through the air. It's a pass funnel defense. We got breaking news, though, for real quick. This dropped three minutes ago. Philip Dorsett clears, clears concussion protocol. That makes it more interesting. For sure. So Dorsett's going to play. Yeah. I'm going to have to. I'm not just going to place him somewhere in my rankings now. I need to do a little more thinking, but he'll probably end up in, like, flex territory. I was just going to say, I do think Julian Edelman's a little bit uh, overrated as a fantasy player. He's sixth in expert consensus rankings this week. He surpassed 12 points twice this season. His floor is remarkable, and he's going to surpass twelve twice. You're looking at standard scoring. Yeah, right. Jeez Either Jesus. way, his floor is remarkable, but his, but his ceiling's ceiling is not low. there to right. rank him as the sixth wide receiver. Right. There's like no way he ends that high. So he's a very good wide receiver two, but he's not a wide receiver one. I just wanted to say that. Fair enough. <laughs> I just. Uh I love the way you break things down, Jason. 
You are so beautiful to me. To me. When it comes to the running games, I mean, Johnny Michelle's a piece of trash. Is a running games, running game, and I think Michelle has to be started in this game. Sony Michelle's a piece of trash. Why does Sony Michelle have to be targeted in this game? I think he has to be started in this game. Yeah, why? Because the Texans don't have a good run defense. The Texans' run defense is better than their pass defense, but they're not going to be beat on the ground. If I mean, I'm not. sorry, they're not going to be beat in the air. I mean, they're not going to allow that. I don't know. If Houston you have, has allowed the 11th most fantasy points to to running backs this year. Dude, if you have Sony Michelle on a like inside your top 24, I think you're you're nuts in half PPR settings. It's there's nobody on by. Like I don't see how you could rank him anywhere near the top 24. I have him as my running back 30. This dude is 100% touchdown dependent. On a week where there's no buys at all, there are better options. I agree. Simple as that. Man. He needs to find the end zone to have a good fantasy day. All right. Period. So how about this? Sony Michelle or Benny Snell? Benny Snell. Snell. Really? This or- is obviously if James Conner's out. Right. What about LaShawn McCoy? Shady. If, if D-Will's out, Shady. Wow. What about Jamal Williams? And then I'm going Michelle. But Jamal Williams is interesting against the Giants. I have Jamal Williams right behind Sony Michelle. <coughs> hmm. Interesting. It's like a mermaid. It's, this is this is very interesting. Like what you are saying, what you are saying is very interesting, young man. Um, what about James White? No, Any chance that man. he bounces back? Because right now, what we're saying is we don't think the Patriots are going to score. Yeah, that's how they've been. They haven't surpassed seventeen in two straight games. Their the offense is really. You struggling. guys are over here complaining about people over the top, Gronk. And I think the answer is that Tom Brady is eleven-four years old. <laughs> I think he finally finds the end zone a couple of times though. Again. Like, I think there is some streaming appeal here for Tom Brady against Houston because they do get beat through the air. Facts. So, but yeah, I I wouldn't start him confidently. No, I'm not starting him this week. Hmm. It's interesting. It's interesting. It's interesting. Now let's go over to the Texan side. Uh, Deshaun Watson has not been good as of late, and he's playing a Patriots team that has shut down quarterbacks at every turn. Uh, this Patriots defense has been fantastic. Uh, so you don't have great options with the Texans. Besides DeAndre Hopkins, who's been kind of mediocre, you have Will Fuller, who could catch a big one. You have D- you have the two running backs, who I, I don't want to start at all. Uh, if I had the choice not to start either of them, I'm not starting either of them against the Patriots. So is this game going to be 14-6? to six? I mean, Watson's basically struggled the last three weeks uh, in fantasy terms, right? He put up 25 and 20, so... When he was 20, Watson, comma, 5, comma, 20. Yes. You expect yeah. better than that. And good. with how good, good Tom Brady's been, Sam Darnold, Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins at Seattle, these are all guys you can definitely consider playing him instead. There's someone in our league who's currently who traded Michael Lamar Jackson because he had Deshaun Watson. It's currently sitting Deshaun Watson for Kirk Cousins. It's not the craziest yeah, it's not the, yeah. yeah. I don't really blame him. It's It's... Tough sledding here a bit for all um, Houston Texan players. I mean, but that's what you expect. It's it's clockwork now with the New England Patriots. Just if you can, don't start your guys. What about DeAndre them. Hopkins? But DeAndre Hopkins, like I said in the first episode, someone said he's starting Darius Geis over him. Absolutely hilarious. Go listen to that if you haven't yet. If you have DeAndre Hopkins, he's matchup proof, period. You played DeAndre Hopkins. I don't care if he does. If he goes 
four for 29. And you and then people are like, I told you DeAndre Hopkins was a bad play. Obviously, it's tough to trust him as much as you do on a typical week. But he's DeAndre Hopkins. Matchups do not matter to him. Stephon Gilmore has allowed four players to go over 75 yards against him this year. He hasn't been this completely locked down. It's not like he's Darrell Revis. So, yes, you start DeAndre Hopkins. Yeesh. I hope that was clear enough. It's a playing game. It's a playing game for a lot of people. DeAndre Hopkins got scared. But don't get too up. cute is the answer. Yeah. You don't, they don't get too cute and hope DeAndre Hopkins beats Stephon Gilmore. Because Mark Cooper couldn't. Let's get to our final game. The Vikings. Will Fuller? Is that what I'm talking about? Oh, okay. You can talk about Will Fuller. He's a little trickier. Yes, but he still has that boom bust potential, man. He does. I think that depends on your team. Right. It's it's week thirteen. You gotta look around the league. Michael needs to win by twenty two points, for example. And if he's deciding between Will Fuller and DD Westbrook, Fuller offers that upside. Or Terry McLaurin. Someone like that. Yeah, I agree. DD safer, Fuller has more upside. So look around the league. Week six. Look around. Look if around. You ex- if you need an explosion, an explosion, an explosion could come. Yeah. He's just catch so one deep ball. But so could a bottom out. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's go to our final game. The Monday Night Football. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Matchup between the Vikings and the Seahawks. The Vikings are better than I expected. I'm not going to lie. Um. But the Seahawks are also. A, you didn't think the Vikings were good? I thought the Vikings were. I, I, I liken them to stale chips. Like, they look real good from the outside, but then you bite into it, and it's just like, uh, I've had I this lost before. throughout liking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, me and Jason, I don't know about Jason. I'm I'm pretty, I'm happy for the Vikings because uh, I'm going to say something I absolutely hate. But we've also, we've always been Kirk, Kirk Cousins stands. Like, we've always liked Kirk Cousins a lot. Why do you just say fans? Why do you have to do that? Because you got to be hip these days, too. And Kirk Cousins has really turned up since his really poor start to the season. Uh, 21 touchdowns and three interceptions on the year. Going into Seattle is tougher. I'd like him a little more if he was at home. But going into Seattle is a little tougher. But again, Seattle doesn't have this tremendous pass defense, so he's def- definitely a streamable option because he's actually been better in the more difficult games because it's been closer, so they've had to utilize his uh, passing game rather than just handing it off to Dalvin Cook nonstop. Jason? Yeah. You like her cousins this week? I concur. I just talked about him. Dalvin Cook? In the last game, a little bit. I mean, Dalvin Cook is the guy behind Christian McCaffrey in fantasy circles, so you have to play him no matter what. Again, Seattle. Seattle's basically middle of the pack everywhere, fantasy-wise. They're very up and down as a defense. Sucks that they're... Sucks for the Vikings players that Seattle's at home. They play better at home, but... I mean, you fire up Dalvin Cook. He doesn't have a single game in single digits this year. But on the other hand, Seattle's also at home. Seattle will probably score some points. The Vikings will have to answer back. The, Vi- the Seahawks haven't been a bad defense for fantasy purposes. Well, yeah, so that's why you, you start your guys. Yeah. There's some teams out there, the way that the draft was going in the beginning of the summer, like July-ish, end of June, people started drafting. There's a chance that you could have got Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook in the same draft. Yeah. And if you do, you're probably winning a lot of the games. Yeah. So congratulations to you. Um, the wide receivers. The wide receivers. Adam Thielen was supposed to be coming back this week, but then he missed practice today. Apparently something happened uh, yesterday during practice, and then he missed practice today, so clearly not a good sign. 
kind of makes me think he's not going to play this week, which obviously would bode well for Stefan Diggs. Seattle's one of those teams where they don't have that real lockdown player. They're just they're more a better defensive unit than they are better defensively uh, personnel-wise. So Stefan Diggs would be a, a great play if Adam Thielen is uh, does miss time this week again. Um, well, Any other options like Bissy Johnson? No. no. I'd, Kyle Rudolph Kyle would Rudolph. be my next That's option. Next one. Also, very dependent on uh, Adam that Thielen playing. TD. Yeah, if Adam Thielen plays, Kyle Rudolph's going to fall out of my top 12. I have him at 11 right now. If, Kyle, if Adam Thielen does not play, Kyle Rudolph's going to stay Right there, put in my number eleven spot. Right in there. Um, let's go over. You can't this. overlook three straight games and four of the last five catching a touchdown. You can't. You know the rule that you swear doesn't exist. The, the three in a row rule. That Michael and Jason swear never happened, even though I have video. Just swear you and never. Audio ev- evidence of it. Then find it. Yeah. I have. I have something called life, Jason. You find it. Uh, Seahawks out here saying my life is more important than yours. No. I'm not just saying if he wants to know. I know in my heart. My heart. That's right. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Seahawks are next. Russell Wilson. Um, look, back he's a stud stinkers. in real life, but in fantasy, not so much. I mean, this is why I was more hesitant to draft Russell Wilson as a fantasy player these last couple of years. Yeah. Obviously, I've missed out on some big games doing so. The fact that I haven't owned Russell Wilson at all the last two years has killed me a little bit. But it's also been glorious some other times because 11 points, 16 points, 15 points, 14 points, 17 points. These are all possible outcomes for Russell Wilson. That's what happens when you're in a Brian Schottenheimer offense. But back-to-back mediocre weeks going into Minnesota. Their past defense has not been stupendous this season with uh, Xavier Rhodes not really being a shutdown corner. Trey Waynes being super mediocre as well. I think a, a bounce-back performance is in store for Russell Wilson. So as I talk shit about his lack of consistency because of his offense, despite him being so great, I do think this is a week where you uh, you start him very happily. I agree. I like Russ and confidently. Lockett and Metcalf this week. They All all three of them got shut down last week. Yeah, they're going to come back against Philly. They're too good not to. And, you know, Russell Wilson also could have had a big game. Like, he mixed, missed Jacob Hollister on a just fucking wide open. Yeah, that sucked because that – Puts Jacob Hollister right into the tight end five to ten area that touchdown, and yeah. he ended up not having a good game because of that that was that was brutal. Yeah, that you, he goes from a four point game to a ten point game, and all of a sudden he looks great. Yeah. Um, Tyler Lockett, we talked about him a little bit. Josh Gordon has not yet seen a real type of role in this offense, so I think it's hard to depend on him in any way. Um, so, is he more of just kind of like he's he's a leech? To DK Metcalf, or it, I mean, what is he? So far, has been nothing. Yeah, right. He's been the David Moore. Uh, what's the other guy's name? He got a touchdown last week. Patrick Turner. Patrick Turner type. Like he'll catch a ball every now and then, but he hasn't really done much. Yeah, only four targets total. So let's get to the part where everyone wants to talk about, and that is the um, the running back. Ooh, ending it with a bang. Pete Carroll. Said, there is no reason not to get Rashad Penny back in there. When asked, Pete Carroll is also the biggest liar in he is. football he history. He is the biggest liar. I was going to say that. Like you, literally everything that comes out of his mouth is nonsense. Uh, he says Chris Carson is a guy who is a big part of our team, and we can do everything 
and we'll do everything we can for him. Competition is a beautiful thing, and no reason not to get Penny back in there next week. We'll get those guys hammering away. Um, Penny came out of nowhere after Carson fumbled again. Three fumbles in that game, only lost one, so the stat sheet looks better than what was actually happening. But with that being said, dude, what's what's up? Is Chris Carson going to be the guy, or is Penny going to come in and be the guy again? Because honestly, at this point, this is the most doubt I've had in Chris Carson. I'm just... I need to see it first, man. I need to see it to believe it. Maybe I'm being uh, young and naive like Alex Rodriguez, but, dude, this happened earlier in the year, and then Chris Carson became even more of a workhorse. Like, we've seen this happen. And Pete Carroll clearly likes Chris Carson. Chris Carson, when he's not fumbling the ball, is super dynamic as a running back. So I have I've Chris Carson as a RB2. I have Rashad Penny... More low end flex appeal area because I'm just I'm not buying into this random switcheroo on a team that's been super successful this season as a running unit. Yeah, you know what I like? I like that he had four catches last week. That's what I like. Yeah, dude. After this, but only week, eight he carries. Plays the Rams, the Panthers, and the Cardinals but in the so playoffs. Does, so does Penny though. No, fuck that. Yeah, I mean this this is gonna be a very telling week. But anyone who thinks Rashad Penny is just gonna steal like. 40% of the work, I think they're bugging. I think it's still going to be Chris Carson's backfield at least for another week. Let's see how this week goes. If he loses a fumble, sayonara. But this dude better just hold on to the damn ball. Anyone else sayonara, you want to talk about in this game? Sayonara. I think that's about it. It's that time. Did we say Hollister? Oh. Damn, oh, we, did, we actually we said him in passing. Yeah, we said him in passing. What do you think about him this week? Um, He should have caught a touchdown last week. Uh, that I think that was the goal of what we were saying. Yeah. And if that was the case, you'd be a lot more excited about it. But he's a he, you have to start him at this point. I agree. The I tight agree. end for Russell Wilson is a must start. Facts. I have him as a tight end um, 10 this week. And he would have been a top tight end had he caught that wide open. And I cannot stress yeah. how wide open he was. Yeah, that was very odd. Wide open. Very touchdown. odd. A rare miss from Russell Wilson. Um, you know what? He's human too. Uh, with that being said, it is time to ride and survive in the Thrive Five. Woo! Timmy with the bars. We are going to take Jason's favorite plays. Remember, the Thrive Fantasy app is up and running. They just got some new uh, some new updates. It's like nice and fancier now. Um, the Fantasy app is up and running. The website has always been up and running. ThriveFantasy.com or the Thrive Fantasy app. Put in the promo code BRODO and get $10 off. I mean $10 for free when you deposit your first deposit of $10 or more. So, Jason... Let's get into the Thrive Fizzy. Yes. Uh, after all of that positivity said about Thrive Fantasy, I do have to say that they do not have a Sunday slate out yet. It's all Thanksgiving focused. Oh, okay. Well, we'll do a Thanksgiving. So we're wise. doing a Thanksgiving Thrive Five. So we'll let you guys know um, if you want to skip to this point. We're doing it now. Thrive Five, people. If you want to skip to this point before tomorrow morning, Thursday morning. Here we go. All right. Kenny Galladay. Four and a half receptions. Over 80, under 120. Under. Taking under, that under, under all under, day. Under, yeah, under, that is under, tremendous value. Under. I'm taking that under all day. Wow, I'm definitely playing. A st- I'm definitely playing just to play like that, Matt. Devin Singletary, 70 and a half total yards at Dallas. Over, over 90, under 110. I feel like you know how I feel about over. Singletary this week. Over. I'll take those 90 points easy. I'm going to go contrarian sounder. Oh, idiot. What? Idiot. I just want to be contrarian. Idiot. All right, you guys know I like Zeke this week. Do you? Zico, Eighty-two and Zico a half week. rushing yards over under same split at one hundred. I go over there. Just too. rushing. 
Gave me the over. I'm going to go under, although I think he has like 150 all-purpose. I'd go over as well. Um, Jared Cook, been hot. Nice split here if he scores a touchdown. Over 125, under 75. I'll take the over on that. I don't like betting touchdowns, but this is a In nice In these score. small slates, you got to attack these these high points. I think I'd do that. He scores a touchdown. It's a big advantage. Last one. Matt Ryan, over under two and a half total touchdowns and picks at home against New Orleans. Over 95, under 105. I'm going to say over because if Marshawn Lattimore he, is out, he'll hit that with touchdowns. If he plays, then he'll hit that with interceptions. I'm going to say under. Really? It's not easy for a quarterback to have three touchdowns and interceptions combined. Like I take the over. Like most games end with less than that. Yeah, but I think it's a fun game. Thanksgiving Matt. night, the Saints are coming into town. Matt Ryan's a turnover machine. But you're getting more points for the more likely outcome, in my opinion. Matt Ryan could suck my balls. Someone take it. Sounds about right. Suck right, it, that's five. Sounds boys. about right coming from Tim. I hate Matt Ryan. We, we know. know. <laughs> we know. Enjoy your turkey, people. If you want to tell me about how right I am about hating Matt Ryan, you can find me at Tim Petrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, frisky. real frisky. Michael, where can they find you? Mike underscore Petrop. Yo, Twitter announced that they're all the um, usernames that aren't being used, they're going to make them available again. So it might be Mike Petrop soon. Nice. Nice. Is it not being used? It no, it's not being used. Man, annoying. Son of a bitch. Jason? Son of a bitch. Jason Petrop. At, J- at Tim Petrop on all social media outlets. I told you that already. At Brodo Fantasy on all social media outlets, Instagram and Facebook. F- BrotoFantasy.com, BrotoFF.com, and Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy. Until next time, good luck to everyone in the play-in games this week. Good luck. Uh, next week, we're going to get busy. We're going to start our playoff previews. We're also going to have live streams that we're not introducing until next week, and I'm not giving away anything live streams every week from week 14 to 16 on Instagram. Follow us at Brodo Fantasy. That's the most important thing. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. We're thankful for everyone listening. Eat some turkey, fall asleep. Yes. Later. 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 Later.